0: to go searching for it sometimes they're recording
1: (laughs) all righty hey everyone welcome back to the enduring churches podcast uh it's almost christmas alan uh we're excited and you know what i've always told the guys in the churches that i pastor that the local gas stations and truck stops have an amazing array of gift possibilities for your family. Uh, and so don't be caught flat footed not having a gift for your family. Um, you know, jerky is always a great gift, you know. That's
0: that's right. I love me some jerky or a bucky's a Bucky's onesie. So if you if you don't know what else to get, get a Bucky's onesie for, for someone you love. So um, yeah now that bucky's is just about everywhere you you run into so that's right hey they just
1: opened their their latest or their first one in missouri this past week and so i'm pretty excited we, we'll drive through there over the holidays so
0: yeah you'll get gas yeah, you'll get your jerky
1: you'll get a clean bathroom and don't yeah. forget to
0: get dana that, that bucky's onesie so you'll be well, a good she would for
1: business <laughs> yeah she would probably love it she you know it's like yeah bring it yeah. on
0: I, oh I my goodness
1: it. Well, hey, speaking of gifts, uh, we want to talk today about some gift giving from the pastor or leader standpoint to your church. And so Alan's put together some thoughts for us. We want to talk through today um, that you, you know, a lot of times churches give their pastors a bonus or a gift or something like that. But but let's flip it around. Let's talk about how, as a leader or pastor, you can gift your church. So, Alan, start us off with that.
0: Yeah, I know. You, if you're if you're a pastor or pastoral leader out there, you don't have much money, and uh, your church. Uh, what can you give your church when uh, you don't know what else to give? So, we've got a, a list of some things here that we want to talk to you about today. Um, that are some things that we really should consider giving our church all the time, but we want to talk through those. So, let's talk. Start with this first one. Give give your church the gift of a healthy you you know we need to be healthy people and there's a lot of ways that we, we can talk about health right Trent
1: no yeah and i'm glad you put this at the beginning because i think this is the basis of a lot of things that we need to be able to do as a pastor and so the very first thing you have on the list is spiritually and you know when we when i read that i, I almost want to say well duh but it's so possible for us to get so caught up in doing just the rut of weekly stuff that we don't grow spiritually, that we don't spend time just for our own benefit, time with the Lord, time in Scripture, time in prayer. And so I think spiritually, we've got to start there.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we know that this is our role, but we don't get paid to uh, be spiritually be spiritual in our lives we actually get paid to do the job of pastoral ministry being spiritually vibrant is just a responsibility of being a follower of christ and it really begins there we need to make sure that we're not letting the job substitute our personal faith in there so spiritually certainly begins there you know physically trent as overall one of the reasons you hear complaints about pastors and insurance is because we're an unhealthy lot you know we don't we don't take care of our health really well so This
1: is an important area
0: too. We need to make sure that physically we are taking care of ourselves.
1: Yeah, and you know, all these kind of tie together, but physically and emotionally really do tie together because pastors uh, are under a lot of stress, which contributes to health issues. Uh, And if we don't have a healthy outlet to um, work those things out, Um, Let me just tell you, uh, um, you know, if you've listened to this, any at all, that I was in the hospital, I had five bypass um, heart surgery uh, about four years ago, uh, maybe almost five years ago now, um, that, you know, it's so important that we have a healthy way to deal with stress because it will affect us physically um and you know we get invited to all kinds of meals for meetings and and so eating healthy is another part of that
0: yeah there's so much that goes into this and you've got to take care of yourself you need to learn about yourself what what emotionally causes you to go go like in the wrong way emotionally you need to learn those things about yourself and then of course you, you need to have a healthy home as well so spiritually physically emotionally and then also part of your health is your home life you know what is your home life like is it is it healthy are you taking um, taking advantage of your family are you living in joy with your family and we really need to make sure that our first ministry always begins at home because if you're not healthy at home your leadership at your church isn't going to be very healthy so all of those things kind of get tied in together to kind of create this picture of of a healthy us and we need to make sure that we're doing all of those things and doing consistent checkups to make sure we're, we're healthy in all those areas
1: yeah and this is an area you know all these things that we talk about a healthy you these are things that having a group of um, other pastor leaders from other churches that you can just get together and they can you can hold each other accountable in this area um, I have to tell you, Dana and I have met with more than one um, pastor's wife who has has come to us and said, hey, I'm divorcing my husband because he is abusive, um, you know, and that is a horrible situation. And so keep in mind, pastors, that you are to be an example of Christ in your home first, and that home life will be an example to your church as well. Uh, and so you you need a, a, to be a good example, but um, all these things, it w- sure would be good to ha- for you to have uh, a group of pastors that you can meet with that understand the things that you're dealing with. Um, your church family probably doesn't understand all that you're dealing with. So having somebody who's in a pastoral role at another church is very nice to be able to do that. So um, th- yeah start off with giving the gift of a healthy you to your church this year
0: so then let's look at the second one Trent, and that's to give your church the gift of consistent effort you know i i really wrestled on this one Trent. i wanted to put in hard work i wanted to put in some different phrases but consistent effort you know i think about enduring and that's kind of our key phrase here is really what what does it mean to have an enduring ministry and what i would say to that is we need to be consistent in our effort and consistency matters over time and it it's the consistent people who get things done it's the consistent people who move the needle and so consistency really matters in what we do
1: yeah i i agree alan you know you need to be faithful and that's part of one of the things you put down is being faithful to um Provide a good day's work for a good for your pay, um, and working hard. Both of those, you know, it's sad. I, I've seen guys, maybe young pastors, come in, and you know they don't even go to the office or don't do the things that they should be doing, and so that's part of not working hard. But then you also have some older pastors who say, you know what, I've been there, done that. I've I can coast now for the rest of my years and talk about a lousy testimony to your church. That is a horrible, horrible testimony to your church to coast.
0: Yeah, you certainly don't want to coast. And if you're at a place in your ministry where you just don't have the the bandwidth to, to do all the those other things and be just be honest and upfront about it. You know, some churches will make arrangements for that. They may say, Okay, you know what? Why don't we why don't you be our part-time pastor? We're going to let you preach and guide guide the organization. We'll let someone else maybe come along and do the administrative role of all of that, the things that maybe you used to do, but you're at a point in time where you can't do them any longer. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, again, about knowing yourself. If you have a healthy you and a healthy perspective, you're going to be aware of all these kinds of things. But you have to know, you have to know that you are – doing the work that is expected of you that you should be doing and you need need to be faithful and consistent in doing that it shouldn't be that you work hard one week and then the next week you don't think about it be consistent in what you do and i'd say the other part of this trend is to to be faithful you know that you're not always sitting around looking for the next opportunity you know i don't think that's as bad as it used to be you know, when you and I were first going into ministry, we were basically guided with the idea of, you know, you get somewhere, but you're always looking for that next opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I, it makes me very uncomfortable to this day to think about it that way. But be faithful where God has placed you. And if he opens doors, he opens doors. But be, let your first thought be being faithful where you're
1: at. Well, let me tie these two things um, together. The healthy you and then the the uh, gift of a consent consistent effort um you know if you work and do well for your church and they recognize hey this guy is visiting people he's visiting people in the hospitals he's there when we are needing our pastor and he's he's preaching well then they're going to recognize that they should give you that time away. And, you know, the idea of a sabbatical is coming back into vogue uh, for our churches and denominational uh, workers. And so uh, if, but they're not gonna give that to you if you're not a hard worker. Um, And so I I think that we all need that, um, need that extended time away. Uh, But you remember you've got to work while you're out, you know, on the job and do, a Great job, and then they're more likely to offer that to you.
0: So that's healthy you and consistent you, Trent. The third one here I think is really important, and that's give your church the gift of your continued learning. We should continually be learners. We should never get to the place where we feel like we don't need to study anymore. We don't need more education. We don't. We don't need anything else. We need to grow continually. Throughout our ministry, we're asking our church members to grow. Why shouldn't we be growing? And so, what are some of the areas in which we could maybe consider um, putting our thoughts on and our attention on here?
1: Yeah, there's there's several areas, Alan, and um, you know this is something that my wife Dana and I we're constantly working on too because we recognize we need to grow in all these areas too. Um, But the very first one I think is, is really important is communication and preaching, being able to communicate what is in God's word and do it well so that people can grasp it and apply it. Um, I think that's the, you know, you've got that on our number one on the list. And I would agree so much, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to two different conferences in the next month, just so that I can work on, on those things.
0: Well, and I think when you think about those two two areas, it's what we do. It's the primary focus of our ministry. We should strive to always get better in this area. I'm actually taking a class next semester called Strategic Proclamation. Really? Um, and I have to read all these books on preaching. And I thought for sure I will have read one of these. And I mm-hmm. haven't read any of them before. Uh, but they're all books on preaching. Preaching, maybe even preaching when you have when you're invited to preach a very targeted, specific type of message. How do you go about that, and what do you think about? But you know, it's important for us to continue to grow and, and stretch ourselves and stretch our thinking um, mm-hmm. and how how we communicate because communication methods change. You know, one of the books I'm reading was written in 1982, and while I, I think it was ahead of its time in 82, I'm seeing the what he envisioned coming. Uh, is now being played out in, in many ways, you know, with the shorter attention spans. How do, how do you really captivate? But also the reality that, you know, people were concerned that because of television that no one would ever want to come to church, that no one would want to hear a preacher. And yet um, we haven't seen that that part's really true. Uh, people still want to come to church, and they still – value the message in the church, probably even more so today than the what we've come through all this time of worship wars. I would say the message is more important than the music to most people. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's there. So communication, preaching, um, let's t- tie the rest of these together, Trent. Administration, doctrine, and then demographics. They're all different types of areas. I mean, these are very broad categories, but these are areas where we need to cons-
1: continually get better, right? well yeah and you know when you say demographically i just want to take just a second and explain some of that and you can add to this too alan but when you say demographically i uh, i just uh, met with a pastor recently and i provided him with a three-mile circle around his church and and an in-depth demographic study of who lives around his church and i don't know if this is where you were going uh when you're thinking about this but but it's important for you to know the people that are in your community because god has placed your church on purpose for a purpose in the middle of a community and you need to know that community in order to minister to them
0: yeah that's exactly what we're talking about Trent. that if you don't continually pay attention to what's going on in your community and if you're in a, a more developed more urban area it can change really fast when i left colorado my community was undergoing changes there were not hundreds but thousands of people planning planned to come into our community over the next several years and so our church needed to be thinking forwardly about the shifting demographics um, in our community and what what would that look like so it was going to change and in fact when they started planning all those communities the expectation was that it would be 2.1 people per household meaning mostly empty nesters. Hmm. Um, when I left, that number had changed to 2.3, meaning that the average age was getting moving into a younger category because um, you're getting further away from the mountains and the houses tend to be more affordable the further away you got from the mountains. So families would be coming that way, looking for a less expensive house than closer to the mountains. So it was shifting a little bit. And um, I haven't been back to look at the demographics and who has moved been, but You'd have to know that as well. You know, once those houses are built, who did actually move in and what does it look like and how has it changed the community? So there's a lot of things to go in. When you talk about administration, methods change. You know, um, we were talking to a church that still was doing all their bookkeeping by hand. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's probably a good time to consider that, you know, doing that's not our best method when you can keep things in clouds and storm and all those kinds of things. So to learn there, um, even doctrinally, to shape up our doctrine.
1: Well, and I want to, um, I just thought of something that kind of goes with doctrine and preaching. Um, guys, if you want to immediately improve your, your preaching and your sermons, take some time to study how to do an invitation or a, a end of your sermon well because a lot of times guys spend so much time on their sermon and it's great but then they just stop and it's like okay so what i do with that you've got to be able to study and practice on how to give people next steps on what to do with what you just shared with them so i think that's a a big thing that that guys could do and and quickly improve their preaching
0: yeah that's a great practical piece of advice right there. I love that. So let's talk about giving your church another gift, and that's the gift of good theology. Uh, We need to make sure that we are theologians in the pulpit. And what I mean by that, Trent, well, let me give you a quote from John Stott, and this is from his book, The Two Worlds. Uh, He says, but suppose in our preaching, we are careful to demonstrate that the authority in which we preach and here's neither in us as individuals or primarily in our office as clergy or preachers, nor even in the church whose members accredited pastors we may be, but supremely in the word of God in which we expound. Mm-hmm. We are people of God's word. And I know there's been a tendency to really make preaching about making people feel good and making sure that people walk away so that they'll come back the next week when really what we should be most concerned about is am i bringing theology to life am i bringing god's word to people in a way that they're hearing it and responding to it sometimes that's encouraging sometimes it's convicting sometimes it's challenging but am i being faithful and true to god's word and am i providing them with a good theological framework so that they can develop their Christian worldview. I can't tell them to have a Christian worldview. They have to develop that on their own. And it begins with the theology in the pulpit.
1: Well, and you know, we were just talking just a moment ago about demographics and how quickly things change. And that is absolutely true. But this is an area where we need to not. Change, right? I mean, we're, we're studying, we know the demographics of the area that people were reaching, and that changes quickly. But when it comes to communicating what we're all about and communicating theology, that is an area where we don't change. I mean, yes, we learn how to do it better, how to communicate better, which we talked about, but the word does not change. Uh, it is living and active, it calls itself living and active. Um, But that's the role of the Holy Spirit. Um, God's word doesn't change. And so I think that people need to understand that there is the message that God gave to us um, has been the same just as he is the same um, yesterday, today and forever. And so it's kind of a you're walking kind of a tightrope there. You want to stay and grow as a preacher and as a communicator, but you want to hold fast. the theology that god gave to us in his word
0: yeah it begins and ends with god's word if you look at preaching throughout the the centuries it's always been word centered and whenever it ceases to be word centered um it's it ceases to be powerful god's word is powerful the bible describes it as sharper than any double-edged sword um, and it pierces the heart all the way to the bone bone marrow so we recognize that good theology is in God's word. And so make sure that you're providing that. Don't be afraid to talk about doctrine. Find ways to explain it in a way that people can get it and understand it, but make sure um, that we are being robust um in, in those things. I had a friend one time when I was talking with the church, he said, I just got one question. Explain to me justification and sanctification. That was his test. <laughs> he wanted to make sure because in his experience so many pastors didn't even know the difference
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and there's no excuse for us to not be able to teach our churches the difference between justification and sanctification every one of our church members who have been there should should be able to know the difference of what it means to be made right with god and what it means that god is working to purify us over time
1: mm-hmm.
0: so um that was just one example of that so that one's a pretty heavy one right right <laughs> yeah so given your, that's that's kind of a heavy responsibility so every now and then you need a light-hearted gift right you know you need that you know that whoopee cushion so yeah to speak. So, it's a white
1: elephant gift <laughs> yeah
0: so 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 here's another one give your church the sense uh, a gift of the sense of humor you need to have a sense of humor in ministry what
1: would you say about that oh yeah it's so easy and i've seen this happen again and again guys take themselves too seriously and because of that, they're easily offended, and people have to walk on eggshells around them, and it just sucks the joy right out of of family and fellowship in the church. And so, yes, you need to be able to laugh at yourself. And and golly, I, God has had to give me a great sense of humor because there's a lot about me to laugh at. And so I'm just, you know, I. I have no hair and god has allowed me to make fun of that and it i have a good time laughing at myself
0: yeah your favorite your favorite song is, is uh, where's my hairbrush by no that's right. right no hair from my <laughs> hairbrush
1: uh-huh. so uh
0: so yeah we need to have a sense of humor we need to recognize you, you know that not every part of ministry is always so serious that relationships with people sometimes it's just lighthearted and and there are times i think people need to see us with the ability like you said to laugh at ourselves um to laugh at the situation you know that we're in you know sometimes what else are you going to do but just laugh about it and recognize because there's there's plenty of days that are hard and there are times that we just need to revel in the fact that god has been good and gracious and allowed us some humor to get through the hard times because there are going to be plenty in life so when it's not heavy um, we rejo- rejoice in the light-hearted nature of those times
1: yeah it, it never fails that there's something that happens in a worship service or a christmas program or something like that that just goes completely off the rails and everybody's looking at you like, oh, no, is the pastor going to get upset? How's he going to respond? And sometimes the perfect response is just to laugh and see the humor in it all. And and that just that allows everybody else to say, OK, we're all right. This is, you know, we're not in a horrible spot. And if the pastor says it's OK to laugh, let's all laugh. You know, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, I had a microphone staff who uh, a couple of weeks ago where I was preaching and i think the little the little wire that went to the headset and started to to go out so it was cut in and out in and out making these awful sounds i thought if i took off my sport coat that that would maybe fix it so maybe my sport coat was brushing up against it so i took off my so i'm going to take off my sport coat and see if that fixes it so i took off my sport coat and laid it down and it it continued to happen and so you know just acknowledge it hey We'll get through this. And so they brought me a different mic, and I I used a different mic the rest of the time. And, you know, some people would say, well, I listened a whole lot harder after that. Mm -hmm. Because, again, you acknowledge it, you move on, you have fun with it, you recognize. But technology happens, right? So when it's good, it's great. And when it doesn't go so good, it messes everything up. But it doesn't have to. You acknowledge it, move on laugh about it have a good attitude about it and uh, people respond well to that so that's yeah. that's five that's five gifts to give our church but i think there's one more trend um uh, what's the last gift that we really need to consider giving our church
1: yeah this one the last one it could be the first one are uh, it's so important um to give the the church your church the gift of prayer uh I I love this. And and Alan, our association of churches, our group of churches that I work with, um, we have thought this was so important that that we made that our theme for the year is that we will start with prayer. Um, And I I think, you know, maybe sometimes as a pastor, you get frustrated and and you don't even think about praying for you just like, God, if you you take them out, I'm okay. You know, Um, instead, we should spend some time um, praying for them, and um, you know, having asking them to join together, and you know, even if it's just one other person to to stop and and let's just go in here and let's just pray in the sanctuary over the pews, and let's just pray for God to do something miraculous, because it's God who has to do it, right? I it's easy for us to think that as pastors, oh, we did it. We draw had people draw in and scripture is very clear that if jesus is lifted up he will draw he will draw all people into himself and so we need to go back to the source and start praying for our churches again
0: yeah it begins and ends with prayer i mean that's really who we are we need to be a people of prayer uh, pray for your people you know Trent, you and i are in a role that's a little bit different but we have people to pray for Mm -hmm. you know I, i i send almost 170 texts every sunday the people that I'm praying for and praying for on that morning. And I know you're praying for people
1: Um, and
0: we invite people to pray for us. One of the most moving times of my year was at our annual meeting for our association when our leadership team paused the whole, the whole business session to just pray over me as the executive director of our association. What a meaningful time to know um, that I was valued enough to be prayed for and your church feels valued when you pray over them. And so make prayer a priority um, in the life of your church and you'll never regret that. That's certainly something that we could never um, overvalue. Uh, We might undervalue it, but we'll never overvalue it. So give them the gift of prayer.
1: Yeah. You know, there was a a pastor that I saw last night um, and he every time that I'm with him, he asks me, hey, how can I pray for you? And I know that he's sincere about that. And it really blesses me to know that, hey, I've got somebody that's lifting me up consistently. Um, That means so much. And um, so, and sometimes as pastors, we, we don't want to let on that we have issues or that we're hurting in some areas. And it's like, but that's giving your people a false picture of what it means to be a Christian. And so we need to be able to allow people to see that we need help. We need God's help and allowing them to pray for us is really, really uh, valuable, not only to you, but it gives them a wonderful picture as well.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying I I am an issue. So please
1: pray for me. Alan, I wasn't gonna say that out loud. well
0: trevin um, chad i have a six six gifts that you can give your church and uh we also are going to give you the gift of christmas because next week we're not going to uh, put out an episode on christmas day that would be monday when we normally put one out we're going to put it out on tuesday so just want you to be aware of of that little change we'll probably put the next one out too on january 2nd not january 1st so enjoy those days with your family and friends so we certainly don't want to take away from those at all because i know Probably the first thing you do on Monday is wake up and go to the Enduring Churches podcast. Um, <laughs> at least that's, that's what we tell ourselves anyway. So anyway, we are glad that you did take time to be with us today. And we love having you as a part of the Enduring Church's family. And we are so grateful for you. Thank you for your enduring ministry. And thank you for all the work you do with your churches. God's kingdom is a better place because of your faithfulness. So thanks. Have a merry, merry Christmas, and we'll look forward to catching you um, on the following day.